0: Welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey. Built by Par Lumber. Go where the builders go. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have the know-how and the answers to make your life a bit easier. So here they are, the hosts of the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show: Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lember. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show lined up for you. You know, Tony, we're going to talk today about a subject that I think is probably in a lot of
2: people's minds. And if it's not, it should be. What percentage of the population would you say is thinking about this, uh, this very thing? I would say 50%. Wow. Maybe
1: more. I don't know.
2: Wow. Well, yeah. It's. Uh, I think everybody is thinking about this because everybody is facing this at some point in time in their life, folks. Whether we like it or not, we're all getting older. And the smartest of us will be making preparations for that time. Because, of course, as we get older, our capabilities uh, are reduced, really. No, you're absolutely right.
1: I think everybody is thinking about this at some point or another. And uh, if you're not, you should be. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about on the show. We're going to talk about, we're going to give you tips and some ideas about uh, things you can do in your home uh, that will allow you to stay in your home longer. Yeah. If not forever.
2: There's a term that uh, is very common. It's called aging in place. Obviously, there are establishments in place for folks who have Gotten older or reached a certain age, and it's difficult for them to take care of themselves, care facilities, and whatnot. Yeah, um, but between the time that you start to get to that age and are at that age, you can be making arrangements for that and preparing the home that you're in now to make it um, retirement friendly, if you will. Yeah, is no, that you're absolutely is right? That, is that politically correct? Sure. Can I say, can I say retirement friendly? Well, you know, I mean, Tony, you
1: are thinking about retirement ready. You, we've had this conversation before because the home you live in now is a two story. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's big. Your kids are out of the house and you have been thinking about this, whether you know it or not. You're thinking about the next home that you want to build. Well, by the time you build that home, you're probably only 15 years from retirement. Yeah. And in 15 years, you may or may not want to leave. Sure. And if yeah. you want to stay put, if you want to live in that home, you want to age there, there are things that you need to think about when you're building it, I feel like,
2: that will allow you to stay there longer. Well, things that will make your... Simple things. Yeah, things, things, things that will make your life easier, um, really more than anything. Obviously, you can bend all the way over to an, plug in something into an outlet that's eight inches off the floor. Or you could take into consideration that as you get older, it's going to be hard to bend over that far and put those outlets, say, 24 inches off the floor. That's just a primary example of one thing you could do if you're thinking forward about the home that you want to age in, a home where you can age in place. You can make those types of changes, which would just make your life easier, Absolutely. E- easier on your body, easier on your mind.
1: Well, and consider, too, the, uh, the hobbies that you're going to have as you retire. You know, you spend your whole life working, and you don't have a whole lot of time to yourself, but as you get older, you think you retire, you have more time, then you pick up hobbies. I know a lot of people that pick up uh, woodworking, for instance, after they retire. Well, if you, if you haven't planned ahead and have some sort of space or a shop big enough in your garage, you're going to regret that. So I think you got to think about the hobbies you might have later. Uh, you know, my in-laws—they're uh, looking all over the place, and you know, uh, one of my grandmothers, she wanted a sewing room after she retired. So it was quite a task in a remodel to redo an area in her home that was uh, that allowed her to create a sewing space. Oh yeah. So you know what I mean. Just think
2: about things like that. Yeah, and there's other things that you might need space for that uh, will require different um, attention to detail in order to get them to be just what you want them to be. I'll tell you what I feel like my <laughs> hobby is going to be. I'll bet your NASCAR collection will explode. Mine na- <laughs> when you retire. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty big now. I mean, I may not have the money to <laughs> c- continue that. But I'll tell you what I what I can afford in retirement. I can afford to be a pigeon feeder. I will probably want to sit on the front porch and just feed pigeons little tiny pieces of bread.
1: That's a terrible idea.
2: It's inexpensive and they fall in love with you. I could be crazy pigeon guy. <laughs> Down the street, crazy pigeon guy, just throwing bread to pigeons and they just you keep You could be coming. crazy
1: pigeon guy right now.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any, many pigeons around my house. so But maybe once I start feeding, they'll flock <laughs> to me. <laughs>
1: Well, anyway, the, so uh, the pigeon whisperer, that whatever was... your hobby is going to be, I think it's just something you can think about some, yeah. some sort you have to plan ahead, plan, plan some space for you, plan some space for your spouse in the garage or wherever it may be. So you're not scrambling later to find it.
2: Yeah. And one, uh, you know, one of those very simple things you've already alluded to, uh, if you've got stairs in your home, two story home, man, how long you want to climb those stairs? I mean, if you're my age now and you're building a home or moving into a home that you're going to be in for the next 15 years, I say that because I've been in my house nearly 15 years now. If you're going to be in this house for the next 15 years, you're not going to be climbing the stairs in 15 years like you're climbing the stairs today. And I don't like climbing the stairs already. So there's no way I'm going to want to be doing it when I'm 60. Totally. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so
1: a single story home to me is the way to go. Or if you absolutely have to have multiple floors, consider an elevator.
0: I oh, mean, yeah. these
1: are the things we're going to talk about today. We're going to give you some ideas, we're going to talk about each room in the house and things to consider. We also have later, I want to talk about some technology, some cool technology that you can use right now. I think you can, you know, implement it into your homes very easily.
2: Yeah, things that would also make your life so much easier and just a little bit more fun on top of that. Absolutely. Um, but it w- it's going to be, it's one of those things that will benefit you also when you get older. You can enjoy it now, appreciate it now, but as you get older, you know, clap on, clap off. The <laughs> Clapper, right? We're going to take that a step further. Did you ever buy one of those? I didn't. No, but I remember the commercial. It was uh, something that sticks with you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the clap the clapper is not on my list of technology. Oh, is it not? It's not
2: on there. But, but I tell you what, it's it, we, at the time that it came out it was pretty technologically might te- have to. pretty technologically advanced. Until
1: your dog starts barking and your lights flicker like
2: it's a <laughs> like it's a light
1: like show. Like there's a ghost in there or something.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, so we'll be talking about that. We're talking about technology and and uh we're talking about changing your home and making it a home for the ages, really. And there's a lot of things that you can do that you won't even be thinking about. Um, but but we're gonna make a we're gonna go over a list with you. And um, Corey, what is it about your home right now that you feel like you want to change already for years ahead? Is there something?
1: Oh yeah, I want a flat lot. I want a, a larger garage space. I want uh, better outdoor living. Yeah. To, to me. Those are the sorts of things that I want in my home. Interesting.
2: Well, I, I really just need a, a covered front porch and like a and like a bread launcher <laughs> or dispenser. All right, folks, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, more preparing your home for retirement or aging in place. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. We'll be right back.
0: Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the
1: Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about aging in place. It's a term that people use uh, when they build a home or they remodel their home that's going to be their home forever, that they live in through their, you know, their elderly years And uh, there's a lot of things that you need to consider when doing that, uh, or if you're going to remodel, or if you're you're planning on building a home, uh, there's a lot of things to consider when doing that as
2: well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's hard to think about what situations might be like when you get to an age where it's harder for you to take care of yourself. Obviously, one of the things that comes to mind is that if you're going to be aging in place in your home because you don't want to be displaced into another home or facility, You have to have accommodations for somebody who will come and help you maybe periodically at first, but maybe then eventually permanently. So some place for a, we'll call them a caretaker, which is probably your, one of your kids or a very close friend, or maybe you hire somebody from the medical field, but they would have to have a place to stay, right? Um, Maybe not just a bedroom, but maybe something like. Well, we, we've called in the past a, a mother-in-law suite or a caretaker suite.
1: Yeah, or an ADU or an apartment. Uh, I mean, to me, I would consider doing this uh, early on. I would do this now because it, I could use it to generate income. I mean, there's a lot of people in uh, the Pacific Northwest that are building ADUs. I know in downtown Portland, it is a very popular thing to you or to do. Uh, ADU stands for accessory dwelling unit, and what it what it does is it goes on your property, like uh, over your garage or a small uh, building out structure that you can build in, in in tight quarters. And typically, it has you know your basic amenities, you know a bedroom, laundry, a small kitchenette. I mean, you could essentially rent it out as an apartment, and generate income from it. I mean I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do this. you
2: know what they were calling it 20 if you were
1: living in the city
2: 20 or 30 years ago, you know what they were calling it a guest house yeah guest house I mean, essentially it's uh, it's really a guest house uh, because it has all the amenities that someone would need who's not living in their own place now but living at your place in order to be a help to you. Yeah so if you can afford to build an outbuilding or add on to your home, or build um, a living space on the second floor or above your garage, then that's obviously ideal. Uh, If you could increase your square footage and add that and put all of those things in it, that's the number one thing that would be absolutely perfect. And like you said, if you were so inclined, it might be able to be a source of income for you for a time. Well, sure. I mean, you think about the consider,
1: or if you consider the cost of assisted living, uh, assisted living is very expensive, so if you could stay in your home and have someone come to you, and I just think that's the way to go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, what would somebody do in an in an instance where they didn't have enough property to build an owl building, or didn't have enough space, or maybe just didn't have the money to build a separate space for somebody to come in? What what's some options for them?
1: Well, I mean that's a good question. I mean, if you have a basement, you could. You know, create a, an apartment in your basement, or if you have extra bedrooms, you could probably even take a bedroom or two bedrooms, put them together and create uh, an apartment that way.
2: Yeah, that seems like it is something you could do if you had a guest bathroom and you could turn it into an ensuite, maybe make a couple of rooms one room to make it bigger. You could put a lot of things in there uh, that would be what somebody would need. Or if you have a two-story home and you're looking forward, don't want to be climbing those stairs, you would want to move all of your main amenities to the first floor, your master bedroom. And of course, bathroom, kitchen and laundry, all that stuff would be on the first floor. And then you could convert the second floor into um, a your care- caretaker Yeah, space. your caretaker space. So that's a that's certainly something to consider. Obviously, it's money. It's going to cost cost a, a bit of money to put something like that together. But you're preparing for your future. So. Instead of uh, life insurance, maybe you spend some money on uh, a caretaker suite for your home. That, <laughs> no. that of course, is yeah. all in the interest of um, aging in place and wanting to stay in your home and not be displaced to another facility. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I I would rather stay in my own home. Yeah, I agree. I, f- I feel like that I would, too. And uh, so that's something that I might be looking forward to after I build my retirement home, which is, you know, not too far away from me. I know, you're getting there. Getting there. (laughs) So, Corey, now that we've talked about that, right, one of those big changes that you might make at your home in order to age in place, there are also changes that you can make to your home that will benefit you specifically and not necessarily somebody that's coming in. Like, let's just think about the first thing. You come home on any given day, and you park your car, and you get out of the car. You have to make the trek in some cases from your car in your driveway to the front door. Take a minute and take a look at that. What does that look like? Are there steps? Is it narrow pathway? Do you walk across stepping stones? Um, is it a long distance from your driveway to the front door? Those are things to take into consideration. Will you want to be making that, that walk, right? Or traversing that landscape every time you come home or leave home to get to your car. So it's, a, it's an opportunity to take a look at what the situation is there and maybe make it better. Yeah, a lot of
1: entry doors are raised. You know, you have to take steps just to get up to your own door. Uh, I mean, if you're building your own home, if you're thinking about building your own home, uh, maybe choose the way the home sits on the property to bring that entry door down to ground level or your garage, the same thing. A lot of garages are built down low and you have the foundation that sits up high. So there's always steps going from your garage into your home. It actually takes quite a bit of planning to be able to build your home the same level as your garage.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And even though you think that steps now are negligible, not anything worth talking about, in the future, if you're deciding that this is where you want to be, you know, you could be dealing with a wheelchair in the future, or you could have a family member come to stay with you that is in a wheelchair. So thinking about ramps instead of steps or lowering your home down to that one flat level where it's an easy walk from the car to the house is something to think about. Another thing, addressing the front door specifically. Front doors have thresholds that oftentimes are um, a, a something that you have to step over,
1: right? A sill. They have a a, a lot of them have an adjustable sill, and they actually stick up a good inch or more. That you you're right. You have to step over, which can become a pretty bad tripping hazard.
2: Absolutely. Uh it, Something that you can do to fix that, of course, is to replace that threshold with a low profile sill or. Something that is not a large step, a very small step. It's something that you could roll over easily. With. Also called an ADA sill. That's right. ADA sill. Handicap accessible. So that's something that you can do. It's, it's not a big, expensive uh, project, but it does take a little bit of work. And replacing the sill on your front door or your back door with an ADA accessible sill is a good preparation for aging in place. At the
1: same time, you would also probably have to replace the sweep. Because the sweep that's on there is going to be for a taller sill. So if you get rid of the sill or the tall sill, you'd have to definitely put on a taller sweep to fill that gap.
2: Yeah, and while you're thinking about that, if you're replacing your door in order to get a, uh, a handicap sill, then you might be thinking about making the door a little bit wider. Get the widest door you can. If you've got a 2.8, it's probably not going to be wide enough. You need to have a three foot door so that you can get through there easily.
1: Yeah, I'd say a majority of garage entry doors from, you know, from the garage into your home are probably two eight. Yeah. That means it's two foot eight inches, which again, like Tony said, if you wanted to put a wheelchair through that door, you'd be scraping your knuckles.
2: Yep. Another thing you can do just real quickly, instead of replacing your sill, maybe paint it a different color so it's a little bit easier to see. Uh, that was one of the things that you deal with as you get older it becomes harder to see we got to take another quick break when we come back more aging in place you're listening to tony and core your weekend warriors don't go away
0: Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about aging in place. And uh, it just means growing old in the home that you love, the home that you live in now. And uh, if you're thinking about building a home, uh, we're we're talking about and giving some tips on uh, things that you can incorporate into that home that will help you
2: stay there longer,
1: more comfortably,
2: easier uh, without having to struggle and fight with some of the things that you would struggle with when your mobility becomes less than it is now.
1: Yeah, and you think about the obvious ones, a single story home, you know, nobody wants to walk upstairs when they're older, right? You know, they don't, you know, I don't want to walk upstairs now, so (laughs) I live on a single story home and I love it. Uh, the things that I hate about it are my really steep driveway in my really small garage, uh, and we were talking earlier about uh, having your driveway uh, in such a manner where it gets really close to your house, or if you have to have a detached garage uh, that that's all close to the entry of your home. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, excuse me having a sill that is low profile in case you have to wheel a wheelchair through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also creating uh, door openings that are three foot or wider mm-hmm. uh, to allow for easy access into the home. A uh, couple of things, you know, staying on the doors, um, extra wide doors, low profile sill. Uh, you had we were talking during the break, and you actually saw something where uh, having a dual height peepholes mm-hmm. in your in your door. That's a very interesting idea. It allows people not sitting in a wheelchair to be able to look out or people sitting in a wheelchair to look out. But I almost say get rid of the peepholes and get with technology. Install a camera system with a camera intercom that you can see people walking up. You can see people and they don't have to see you. You know, I think as you get older, you don't want to have to deal with potential scammers at the door.
2: Right. I mean, I think about that now. Yeah, but as younger people, uh, you know, we we uh, are capable, right? Because we're younger, and I think we we think to ourselves that uh, if somebody comes to my door, that I don't want at my door. Well, I'm going to handle it. I'm just going to handle it, right? <laughs> Sometimes people yeah. look forward to that. I hope he comes to my door. I'll give him a piece of my mind. Well, at some point, you don't want to have to deal with that anymore. You want to know who's out there so that you can make a decision as to whether or not you're going to open the door or not. However it is that you find out who's standing on your front porch, whether you're looking through a peephole, which is a very inexpensive and easy thing to do, or you're looking at a monitor, a TV monitor that's showing you um, a digital picture of somebody standing on your front porch. Either of those, something to take into consideration, certainly would be money that easier spent today than 20 years from now, when it's really going to be more important to you.
1: Yeah, I always think about that uh, from a security aspect, is who's coming up the driveway, who's coming up to your door? Uh, I want to know who they are and what they're doing. And if I don't recognize them, I think being able to talk to them from the comfort of your, of your couch with a locked door, I just think that's a, a lot better situation to be in.
2: Yeah, speaking of a locked door, another thing that makes life just a little bit easier um, for you is a keyless entry. You know, you can get, um, instead of your deadbolt, to replace your deadbolt that's on your door, you can get a keyless entry system, which is a code that you push in or maybe a card reader that you put on there. In some cases, maybe a little biometric where you just press your thumb to it, it recognizes your thumbprint, and it unlocks your door. Doing away with that key certainly will make life a lot easier for you, and you don't have to worry about forgetting it. You do have to worry about forgetting your code, however, so... You might want to share that with somebody that you trust.
1: Well, think about this, Tony. That helps in so many ways, because think about your uh, landing spot or think about the entry to your home. How big is it? If it's a really small porch, I mean, you have to consider if you're walking up, say, a small set of stairs and you're standing on a small porch and you have to dig in your pockets to get your keys out, you have the potential to fall. Uh, So it's something to think about having that keyless entry. Like you said, you just walk up to it and open it. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I think that's the way, that's a
2: really good idea, Tony. I agree with you completely. Let's get, let's just elaborate on that a little bit farther. Standing at your front door, right? Maybe you've got groceries or you're dealing with some things there. As you get older and your balance maybe is waning a little bit, it's a good idea to have grab rails in those places where you're going from one place to another you're transitioning from outside the home to inside the home or as you're approaching the door or walking across your porch maybe you don't have a typical front porch with a handrail but you can certainly add grab rails on the sides of the home as you're going through an entryway it's a good place to have a grab rail which adds a little stability for you when you're moving from place to place. There's always opportunities to have grab rails and there's no saying where the right spot is going to be, but that is a good way to add a little bit of stability.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the other thing too, is like we were talking about before is building a home where the, the entrance to your home is the same level of your garage or this at the same level as the ground so that you don't have all of these steps. Well, you know, a lot of times that's, impossible, right? You just can't do it. Uh, so maybe consider putting in a ramp, having a, a gradual ramp or a wheelchair
2: accessible ramp, if you think about it that way. Plan on that now. Yeah, absolutely. You have to consider um, all of those things when you're traversing uh, the, the property that you're living on and make sure that you have safety in place to help you uh, m- make that transition from place to place. Absolutely.
1: Uh, The other thing, Tony, is on that ramp or on the front porch or on wherever it is, you have to really think about non-skid or non-slip. Like you said, as you get older, you may not have the balance that
2: you've had before, and it's really easy to slip and fall. Another thing to consider, Corey, when you're out there on the front porch is the lighting. Lighting is very important as your vision starts to wane a little bit also uh, with your balance and that. It's important to be able to see clearly what's in front of you, what's on the floor in front of you specifically. And you were talking about the flooring being anti-slip. It also needs to be, you need to be able to see it very clearly. Um, I know that uh, for my father-in-law, as he is getting older, he has a hard time with depth perception. If the floor is a very dark color or if shadows uh, are cast on the floor, it can mess a little bit. Uh, with his depth perception. So a well-lit area and as few shadows as possible is another very important thing to consider, especially when you're outside the home. And um, so good lighting on the outside. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. And having some,
1: you could even put in automatic lighting as you walk up, having motion sensors on the front
2: porch isn't a bad thing to have. You know, you could actually have an automatic front door opener. Something that opens for you. We enter your code on the door. Door opens up automatically. Ooh, I, I feel would... like we're moving into the Jetsons. When I walk up to the door
1: and I've got 12 bags of groceries in each hand, yeah. I, w- I would really like that idea. <laughs> like a,
2: zzzz, like on Star Trek or something. Yeah. Just an opening door. Voice operated. Yeah. <laughs> Alexa, let me in. Open. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very important. Uh, lighting on the front porch. Definitely important for security and also for safety.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, You know, we're talking about doors a little bit earlier. And there's one thing to keep in mind with the door handles. uh, For someone with, say, arthritis, having lever-style doorknobs instead of the kind you have to grab and turn is a great idea throughout the home. Absolutely. Even on an entry door. You're not, you know, relegated to having the old, you know, thumb-latch style or turn knob. I mean, you can put whatever door you know, door handle set you like.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, you were talking about having your arms full of groceries. A door handle that you can open with your elbow, like a lever action door handle, is a lot easier than trying to turn a knob or depress a lever on your front door. That's a great idea. Yeah, especially if you have arthritis. Absolutely, I agree with that completely. And that goes throughout. Uh, there, We're going to be talking about a lot of things inside the home that have handles and things like cabinet doors and cabinet drawers. Think about that, something that makes it easier for you to get a good grip on. We recommend a D style handle that allows you to get your hand inside uh, the handle in order to open a door or a drawer inside the house, in the bathroom or in the kitchen. Anything that makes it easier to get a grip on is uh, really gonna be helpful for you going forward.
1: Yeah, something to consider too, thinking about arthritis. If you put a very narrow handle on the door itself or on the cabinet or whatever, uh, sometimes it's really difficult to get your hand or knuckles in there. Yeah. So think about that when you're picking out your door handle hardware.
2: Here's another one for you, Corey. And uh, this one I want to talk about when we come back from the break, but something to make your laundry room a little bit easier to work with. You're listening to Tony and Corey right here on the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey,
1: welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash show. Uh, or if you'd like to send us an email or comment, you can go to par.com, that's P A R R.com, and click on the Weekend Warriors link. Uh, Today on the show, we're talking about aging in your home. And uh, we're giving you tips and ideas about things you should do in your home, uh, maybe that you're considering building, or maybe you're going to do a remodel, uh, or these are just some things that you can do uh, to prepare for the future. Absolutely. I know I want to live in my own home when I'm old, and I know you probably do too. Absolutely. So before the break, we were talking about doors, And uh, some of the important things to think about when installing a door, extra wide, low profile sill, uh, peepholes,
2: things like that. But uh, now we want to talk about the laundry room of all places. Yeah, the laundry room. I'll tell you what, we spend a lot of time washing and drying our clothes, of course, and having to bend over to get stuff out of the washer or dryer if you have a front loader or even worse, if you've got a top loading washing machine and you're having to reach down. Um, Over the top of that, it can be very difficult. And doing that now for me is already a bummer. I can't imagine having to do that as I get older. I want things for for myself. I want it to be easier when I'm older. So these are some tips uh, for making things easier. Here's one, Corey. This is a good one. Build your washer and dryer up on top of a pedestal that raises the access point. Like, for example, if you have a front loader washer and dryer, raises the access point up so you don't have to bend over to get inside there. Maybe you might bend over a little bit, but less. And the less I have to bend over as I get older, the better things will be for me for sure. Yeah, no, that is
1: a very good idea. I actually have a front load washer and dryer in my home now, and uh, it's very close to the ground. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt to load and get
2: things in and out. You got to bend way over. You can buy accessory pedestals that go underneath them. And sometimes they come with some storage, like a drawer or something that's underneath there.
1: Yeah, very handy.
2: Yeah, that would be very handy. But even if you don't have storage capability underneath there, lifting those things up to get that door up um, a little bit higher off the ground, easier to access that stuff will certainly something that make life easier. Here's something else in the laundry room. If you've got a sink, you have a sink in your laundry room. I do. If you've got a sink in your laundry room, you know, a side-by-side or a small sink, not really the best way to go. Get a big, wide sort of farm-style sink that uh, allows you to put clothes or whatever it is that you're working with inside there. Gives you a bigger space to work in, and uh, and you can have that a little bit lower than your standard-like kitchen sink, for example. A little easier to access. You know, I grew up in the Midwest, and our
1: both of the houses that I lived in back in the Midwest had uh, basements. And the laundry room wasn't really a laundry room. It was just a washer and dryer and a laundry sink in the basement. Mm-hmm. And the laundry sink was this big, concrete, yeah. uh, double tubbed laundry sink sitting on like steel uh, post legs. yeah, And that was very difficult to traverse as a kid, you know, with a big basket of laundry, yeah. walking up and down the stairs. And uh, that laundry sink definitely wasn't friendly. And uh, now that I think about that situation... You know, someone elderly definitely wouldn't want to be hauling clothes in a clothes basket up and down stairs. Oh, no, definitely not for sure. You know, one of the new things I've seen, Tony, at the Street of Dreams this year was that, or the last few years, is that they're putting washer
2: and dryers in the bedroom. What? That's the place where it needs to be. Wow, for sure. I would not have imagined the bedroom is sort of a place of solace. I don't know if I would want the laundry... And they're reminding me that I have worked to Well, do. maybe not in your bedroom, but, you know, really close. Nearer to your bedroom? Well, where, where mine is in my home now, I got to walk from our bedroom to the opposite side of the house just mm-hmm. to do laundry. It makes no sense. Here's another tip, Corey. Uh, we talked about the sink and maybe having the sink a little bit lower. Here's something else. A changing table. Not a changing table, but a folding table. Yeah, you probably want the changing table when you are newlyweds. Yeah. <laughs> A folding table that's lower so that you could sit and fold your clothes on the folding table. That's actually a really good idea. I know that I like to sit and fold, but I don't have a table um, unless I'm using the dining room table, which is really not the best place probably to be folding your laundry. <laughs> but if you've got room in your laundry room, a farm sink and a, a low folding table that allows you to sit is a great idea and a much easier way to get your laundry folded. Unless you're going to, of course, hire somebody to do that for you, which is even easier yet.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's ultimate right there. (laughs) I don't like doing laundry. No. You know, one of the other things, Tony, in the laundry room that you have to be very careful of is flooding. And I actually ran into a flooding situation in my home. We all know about this because I've had to redo my kitchen because of a flood. And I tell you what, when you're having a water emergency of any sort with a pipe breaking or, you know, the water lines on your washing machine bursting, which is
2: very common. It really is.
1: I mean, honestly, you're supposed to change the hoses on your washing machine. They recommend this once a year. Wow. Who does that? But not me. I mean, mine are probably three years old already. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. So... Imagine being in that situation as an elderly person. The first thing you're supposed to do is run out, find the water shutoff valve and turn it off. (laughs) Yeah,
2: at the edge of your property somewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's not
2: an easy thing to do. First, you have to go find the tool that you need to use to turn that off. Right. Like a T-wrench.
1: Yeah. Uh, So they make a product that is specifically designed to shut the water off in any Water emergency. If you have water leaking from anywhere where there's not supposed to be water, <laughs> right, it sends a signal to a shutoff valve at your water main and turns it off. This is an automated thing. You're telling me about it is. It's an automated system. We actually spoke to the guy who, uh, to a guy who owns a business and he installs these systems several years ago, uh, but I'm sure the technology has come even further. Back then. You had to hardwire the, the sensors at every location. So you'd have a sensor that was hardwired to your refrigerator, one that was under your sink, under your dishwasher, your washing machine, your toilet, any area that could potentially have a water leak. They would put this little sensor in there that was really close to the floor or inside of your cabinet and it wired back to this shutoff valve. So it was pretty intrusive. Uh, I guarantee you they have wireless systems now that Mm -hmm. you just put those sensors, you kind
2: of stick them to the floor, and as soon as it uh, detects water, boom, shuts it off. Wow, water leak detection system. Oh, maybe a whole home water leak detection system. That's exactly what it is. They actually make leak detection
1: systems for just your washing machine. You screw it in at the, uh, the spigot where the water comes out and goes to your washing machine. They shut off right there. So if your washing machine line bursts, boom, shuts it off. Immediately. This system, no matter what, if you have a leak, a a burst pipe on your refrigerator water line like I did, shuts the water off at the main. Almost wow. immediately, no damage done.
2: That sounds like a great investment. I can see how that could be. Well, certainly could have been super beneficial for you and your refrigerator situation. It would have saved me eight months and hundred grand. Absolutely, but you know, then you'd still have that old kitchen, and that's yeah, no that's fun. True. That's true. Plus, all those memories we we made when we were doing all that work. <laughs> it was so hard. <laughs> it was a lot of work. There's no doubt.
1: You know, but the other thing, Tony, with that is, I'm pretty sure you get a discount on your insurance when you install that system.
2: Wow. There's a little kickback for you and you're being safer and saving yourself a lot of potential heartache. So that's a good. That's an insurance policy in and of itself. Okay, Corey, well, we've got to take another quick break here in just a second. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the electrical things that you can do or hire out and have done in the house that will make also make life easier for you going forward. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey. Built by Par Lumber, go where the builders go. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have the know-how and the answers to make your life a bit easier. So here they are, the hosts of the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today In the show, we're talking about aging in place. It's the term used to uh, uh, for people that want to stay in their home after they retire and uh, get to that age where you may need assistance. And uh, earlier in the show we were talking about creating a space in your home for live in care. Uh, we've also talked about some we also talked about some things around the home like your entry door,
2: making sure that it's wide enough and that you have an ADA sill on it. That's absolutely right, Corey. Aging in place is actually an official term defined by the CDC as the ability to live in one's own home and community safely, independently, and comfortably, regardless of age, income, or ability level. And so that's really exactly what we're talking about, all of those things. And there are so many dangers inside the house uh, for um, for people as they get older, right? Right. Um, we were reading some stats earlier. Um, after the age of 65, uh, the majority of injuries in the home is just falls. I mean, after the age of 65, falling is something that happens all too commonly. And it's because we haven't spent the a right amount of time making sure that everything around the home is safe. Is you know, And what we consider safe as young people, I fall. I fall way more than I should, probably, but I get back up, right? Because I'm, I'm resilient, right? But as as I get older, I'm going to become my body is going to become less and less resilient, and those falls will be can be tragic. So, one of the places uh, that we haven't talked about, Corey, really a super dangerous place in the house is the is the bathroom.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're in there. It's wet. The shower, the tub. I mean, it's there's a lot of. Uh, opportunity to slip and, and fall. It's,
2: yeah, and it's a small space. So when you do slip and fall, you're not necessarily going to hit the floor. You will hit the tub or you'll hit the sink or you'll hit the cabinet. I mean, you know, and that's going to just be added damage. We don't even want to think about that <clears> stuff. No. Instead of thinking about what can happen if you fall in the bathroom, instead, let's think about things that we can do to keep that from happening. Uh, one of the very first things that comes to my mind is Uh, Grab rails. Yeah, grab rails, something to hold on to. I mean, periodically, I find myself reaching for something. Just uh, if I get a little lightheaded or something, find myself reaching for something to hold on to. As I get older, I'm going to need that more and more often. So it's certainly something we should consider putting up in the bathroom.
1: There is something to be said about grab rails when you're designing your home or when you're building your home or even remodeling. Uh, talk to your contractor and make sure that they understand where and how many grab rails you're going to want to install maybe later on. Uh, they can install uh, lumber, 2 by 4 2 by 6 solid blocking inside of the walls to make it extra sturdy. You don't want to install grab rails into sheetrock.
2: Right, right. It exactly. has to be
1: into a solid wooden member. So that way, when you grab onto it, it's not going anywhere.
2: Yeah, a molly will hold something to the sheetrock. But when you get a hold of a handrail that's held by a molly, you're going to pull that whole sheetrock right off the wall. Yeah. It's not enough to hold your, your body up. So, I've seen
1: to- Tony rip toilet paper rolls
2: off the yeah. <laughs> yeah you just never know what's going to happen when you fall, <laughs> especially when you're a big guy like me. Uh, here's one thing. Uh, and you know what? You don't have to be um, necessarily preparing for the future to opt for something like this. Uh, a no curb shower. I'll tell you what, I want a walk-in shower. A walk-in shower is a shower that's just big enough that the water source is at one end and your entrance is at the other end and that water doesn't get down that far. You walk in and over to the the water where it's secluded and you don't have to worry about the water splashing out and stuff. A walk-in shower with maybe some glass block or a glass, uh, wall with, it doesn't even have to have a door on it at that point. Nice and tile. Yeah, when I'm, when tile I'm 90, floor I won't tile care walls. about a door. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or so shades. That's something that you can have. <laughs> it's very nice. Uh, also wheelchair accessible. If you need to get in there that way, um, a no curb shower is a good way to go. You know, back again, talking about
1: your contractor or your builder or whoever is doing the project, it's not as easy to put a no curb shower into an existing bathroom because there is a lot of layers that are involved in a shower pan. And the height of that shower pan is going to be a few inches because you have to build up different materials to create that uh, that shower pan. So by the time you get to your tile, you might have just created a curb. And yeah, with no curb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to go down. So if you're, the level of your floor is all the same, they actually have to cut the floor out, the subfloor out, go down, reframe it to create that drop down to put the build those materials back up. So it's something to consider. If you're doing a remodel, it could be kind of costly. Yeah. Uh, but when
2: you're building a home, then's the time to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's definitely something you will benefit from for a long time. I absolutely want one of my own. I don't have one, but I want one. Uh, Something else to consider, of course, is the floor treatment. Uh, Very commonly linoleum or tile or whatever, but you need to consider something with grip because obviously there's a lot of water in the bathroom and it ends up on the floor. And if you're slipping around in there, um, that's a very good possibility you could fall. So a, a non-slip floor surface is uh, very important in the bathroom. You're absolutely right, Tony. Having the floors
1: non-slip are almost as important to me as having heated floors.
2: Oh, yes. I think when I get older, I will definitely want heated floors. Yeah, I agree. And when we're talking about floors, we're talking about the floors in the kitchen, the floors in the bedrooms and the 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 main rooms, uh, the high traffic areas. You want to put a floor in not only that is Uh, a non-slip surface, but you also want to use floor colors that are lighter. Yeah, you actually have an interesting
1: story about your father-in-law and the flooring that they installed in his house.
2: Yeah, my father-in-law's got laminate floors in his house, and it's a dark, dark brown color. And uh, when the lighting is not really, really good in the house, it's difficult for him to judge the depth um, you know, it's difficult for him with depth perception and he ends up, you know, stumbling through even a flat surface because he just can't tell uh, the difference between, you know, the floor and his feet and the shadow and all that stuff. So a lighter color floor will make it easier for you to tell the difference between the, fl- your, the floor and your feet and uh, it will help your depth perception. You'll be able to travel more confidently through the house. So yeah, speaking
1: of that, if you have laminate flooring, if you have hardwood flooring, I think a lot of go-to Situations are you put rugs down? I I love having rugs over a hardwood floor. Well, the problem with that is it creates layers and levels that can
2: potentially be trip hazards. Well, yeah, a rug by itself is a trip hazard. I trip on rugs all the time. Of course, How I'm old you I'm clumsy. No, no, no. It's not about my age. I'm just a clumsy person. Um, but I trip on rugs all the time. Rugs is not a not a good thing to have in your home as your going forward into your golden years if you want if
1: you want rugs make sure that they're set firmly in place with a nice
2: sturdy rubber back absolutely okay folks we got to take another quick break when we come back more tips on how to keep your home age friendly you're listening to tony and your weekend warriors we'll be right back
0: weekend warriors home improvement show with tony and cory built by par lumber now here's tony and cory
1: hey welcome back to the weekend warriors home improvement show thanks for staying with us today in the show we're talking about aging in place and how that regards to growing older and staying in the home that you
2: love and live in now. Yeah, we were actually in the bathroom, giving some really good tips on how to make the bathroom as safe as possible. We were in the bathroom. We
1: were, we're in the we, studio.
2: You, you, Yeah, you and I were, to the, we're in the Weekend <laughs> Warriors workshop, but we're talking about uh, what you can do in the bathroom. And we covered a few things, my favorite of which was a no-curb walk-in shower, which I will have one of these days. I promise you. <laughs> I am... I, I am excited about it. I'm on
1: board. Yeah, you know another thing that's really good to have is a taller toilet. Yes, having those short, squatty toilets that are kind of the run of the mill builder special uh, are very, uh, very non recommended. You want to have a taller toilet, and in in an extra little bonus on that, heated toilet
2: seat. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and you're a short fella for the most part. I'm not trying to get <laughs> on to you, but it's not yeah, a very... I am shorter than you. You don't travel very far from standing position to sitting on the toilet, but I'll tell you what, I'm 6'4", <laughs> and uh, it's a long ways down there for me. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm 46 years old, but but I'm 6'4", and it's a long ways down. It's already a problem. I want a taller toilet seat now, or a taller toilet or something. Uh, I would feel bad for my wife, who's four foot nothing, but uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a long ways down there, and getting back up can be difficult.
1: <laughs> well, you need a grab rail. I know.
2: <laughs> you, need you need a, a grab, grab rail right there by the toilet. That's right. You know, Tony, we
1: kind of overlooked the other obvious bathroom uh, tip is having a wheelchair-accessible sink.
2: Always a good idea. I agree with that completely. Yeah, and you know, the
1: other tip, the last one that I have for the bathroom, is to consider installing either a phone... Or a Wi-Fi enabled digital assistant like a, an Alexa or a Google Home. Those are the sorts of things that are connected to the internet. And if you, something were to happen and you fell down or if you were in there and you needed assistance, you can always just shout out, Alexa, call so-and-so. Alexa, call 911. Or Alexa, call Tony. Do You think if you had one of those digital toilets, you could say, Alexa, flush my toilet. <laughs> yeah, I think you
2: probably could, yeah.
1: It's coming. One of these <laughs> Alexa. days. Alexa scrub my back that's you know that's (laughs) okay it just got weird (laughs) well who knows in the future you know when we're uh yeah 25 years from now you never know what we're gonna have
2: yeah you never know what you're gonna need in the bathroom when you're getting older we should probably stop talking about the bathroom yeah we need to move into the kitchen anyways because uh the kitchen is the place The kitchen is the place where we spend so much time, and really there's a lot of dangers in the kitchen as well, as we all already know.
1: You're right, Tony, and you actually just went through a kitchen remodel for your parents. Uh, They're they're aging, and they wanted a new kitchen, and you helped them out with the design a lot. Yeah. What are some of the things that you incorporated into their kitchen uh, to help them?
2: I'll tell you what, one of the things that comes to mind right away uh, was actually really cool and thanks to you for your help we put we put this amazing thing together We installed um, spring loaded spice racks on either side of the range stove, yeah. yeah and uh there was a what happened was the cabinets came in and there was a six inch gap between the corner cabinets and the stove and so the cabinet company supplied filler pieces which we very easily could have just installed the filler pieces and that would have been a bit of wasted space but instead Corey and i designed and manufactured and installed Uh, some spice racks, which were able to go in there, and we actually used some push-to-release hardware. Um, The drawer glides were push-to-release, and uh, we installed those on either side, and now you just push on that what looks to be a filler piece piece or a blank space. You push on that, and out comes this secret little spice rack, easy easy to access um, right there at uh, waist level, and uh, it—you'll be happy to know—it's they are full of spices as we speak.
1: That's fantastic. They—that yeah. uh, is a really good idea because pull out anything drawers. That's one of the things you want to invo- avoid is having uh, empty space, you know, in the back of the corner cabinet where there's where you have to get down on your hands and knees. Eliminate all those doors. Just install drawers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Actually, you can buy cabinets, folks. Um, that have doors on them, when you open the door, it's a pull-out shelf inside there. Um, But doors really are kind of a hassle when you're working from a wheelchair, for example. So really, drawers instead of doors are best. A second to that, of course, is open up a door or a couple doors and have a pull-out shelf, which also gives you full access to what's on that shelf, and you're not having to bend over and reach in to get all that stuff.
1: Yeah, in your kitchen, I remember, or when you're in your parents' kitchen, you had a situation where in the design, the design called for uh, a cabinet that went all the way to the corner and another cabinet that just butted into it. So the only way to access it was to literally get on your hands and knees. Yeah, that was what they call a blind
2: blind cabinet.
1: Yeah, and you eliminated that. And did you put in a Lazy Susan or what did you guys do? We
2: did. We put in two Lazy Susans, one in each corner of the kitchen, and they are... I'll tell you what, they're amazing. It it limits a little bit the amount of space that you can use, but the space that it's giving you is so easily accessible from a standing position. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so we're really glad that we went with that. My mom absolutely loves those Lazy Susans, and she loves those spice racks. And those were just a couple of things we did to make their lives easier in their new home.
1: Yeah, you know, the, one of the other things, too, talking about pull out shelves is to have a, a pantry where all of the shelves pull out. It really makes no sense to have all that uh, food and all of those spices and all of those things uh, shoved on shelves in the back. You know,
2: and you have to reach in there to get out, not to mention the farther back it goes, the harder it is to see. And you're having to dig around just to find the one can of tomato soup that's all the way in the back. That's right. Uh, so, it, it, you know, lighting is a challenge and, and bending over is a challenge, all of those things. Uh, Pull-out shelves are definitely the way to go. An entire pull-out pantry, definitely the way to go.
1: You know, Tony, another thing you can do in your kitchen is to make the the edges of your countertops rounded. Having square
2: corners is an opportunity for an injury. Let's talk a little bit about that. How, How would we go about rounding? Is it something that you add to the corner that sort of gives it a round finish and protects it? Or is it you're actually changing the corner of the countertop? I think it's just changing the corner of the countertop,
1: whether that be solid surface or for Micah,
2: it's easily done. Well, the cost that you would spend to get that done is well worth uh, not smacking your head on it when you fall down or, you know, also grandkids coming over and, uh, you know, it's they're susceptible to running into corners. It's a good idea for sure. I agree with that. Another area of concern, of course, is always gonna be the stove. You know, the stove gets very hot. And uh, you know what they always do? Kitchen designers put a cabinet up over top of the stove. A lot of times there's a an air return or a range hood. A yeah. range hood right there, and then right above that's a little cabinet. Well, that's just an invitation to store something up there and reaching over a hot stove to grab a cookbook or some spices or something out of the cabinet above the stove. Unnecessary. Uh, there's too many other ways to get storage in the kitchen. It does not need to be over the stove. I do not have storage over my stove um, and you don't have storage over your stove. I feel like that uh, you just don't want it there. If it's there, you're going to put stuff in it because that's all we do. We fill spaces with our stuff, and we don't know any better. So, don't have a cabinet over the stove. It's just asking for uh, it's just asking for a catastrophe. A in, catastrophe, in, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, st- keeping
1: with that idea of reach, one of the things that I have in my kitchen that isn't very friendly is a really tall microwave. The microwave sits up really high. My wife's five four, and she can barely reach it. So having a counter height microwave or even below counter, a lot of uh, the new microwaves coming out are sit in as as a drawer underneath
2: the cabinet and you tap a button, it opens up. Oh, it slides out like a drawer. You know, when we designed the remodel of my kitchen, Corey, I packed as much stuff in there as I could because I wanted to have as much space. I didn't design in extra space in case I needed to have wheelchair accessibility in there. And that's something also we should consider. we got to take another quick break when we come back. More Weekend Warriors Don't Go Away.
0: Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today on the show, we're talking about aging in place. And uh, we've talked a lot about different things around the home that you can either incorporate into new construction or as a remodel. Just to recap, some of the things we've talked about is Installing extra wide doors with a very low sill, uh, sometimes
2: called an ADA sill. Or a low profile sill, yeah. Um, Lever type door hardware instead of knobs makes it easier to get a hold of.
1: Yeah, and now's probably the time to start thinking about putting in a caretaker suite or an ADU or an extra apartment. Get
2: some income on it for the next few years before you might need it for uh, some in-home care. Absolutely. We talked about making sure that you have a well-lighted porch area. Uh, we talked about overflow water sensors uh, that with a water shutoff, an automatic water shutoff, in case you have a leak that you don't know about.
1: Right. And in the bathroom, we talked about having a no-curb shower,
2: grab rails, and especially non-slip surfaces. And in the kitchen, of course, we talked about drawers instead of doors, and of course, that pull-out pantry, which I still... I'm going to, I'm definitely going to have that in my
1: Yeah, uh, we have, in our kitchen, we have almost every drawer in our, or every cabinet, lower cabinet in our kitchen has drawers or pull out, full pull out shelves. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. Staying with the kitchen though, one of the things that you should probably consider is to have a lever style faucet. Uh, Actually, what's even better, in my opinion, is to have a faucet that you just touch to turn on and off. It sounds gimmicky but it is amazing. You it, set it to the temperature that you want, you just touch it, turns on, touch it, turns off.
2: Yep, it really is. Corey obviously employs one of those in his high-tech kitchen, and uh, I love it. It freaks me out every time I use it, but I do love it.
1: You know, the best part about it is if you forget and leave it on, and you leave the room, it turns off by itself.
2: Really? How long, yeah. does, it, how long does it run before it turns I,
1: off? I think it's like... Three to four minutes. Interesting. After three or four minutes, it just turns off.
2: Yeah, that is uh, a little insurance policy there. That's nice. We talked a little bit during the break about incorporating a shallow sink and some shallow countertops. So we understand, Corey and I, that that countertop space is a premium. Uh, You're always wanting to get as much countertop as you can. But as we get older, uh, it can be more difficult to get to things that are on the other side of the countertop. So a shallower countertop... And a shallower sink, um, those can really make a big difference going forward for us. So it's something that we thought that we should mention.
1: Some other things that would make designing design in the kitchen a little more accessible and easier is to un- install electrical outlets a little further off the floor.
2: Yeah, we talked about that earlier. If you're bending over to plug in or unplug something, Uh, from the outlet that is a floor outlet, they're like eight or 12 inches off of the floor. I mean, if you were to raise that up to say 24 or 28 inches off the floor, you wouldn't have to bend down as far to use it. And uh, it would be a lot easier on your back and your legs as you get older.
1: Absolutely. You know, some of the other things that you want to consider too, are putting in toggle light switches like Decora. Uh, the Decora series light switches that are just toggle, switch on, switch off.
2: Yeah, it's like a rocker switch. Yeah, uh, like a rocker switch re- instead of rectangle, the old... yeah. They're a lot easier. You can just tap them with your, you know, your elbow or your arm. It doesn't matter. Another little tip, just to go one beyond that, they sell those Decora rocker light switches with a night light. So when the light is off, the little the rocker switch is glowing. And when the light is on, of course it's not. So that makes it a little easier to find those switches uh, in the dark. I mean... I can't see in the dark. Now I'm not going to be
1: able to see in the dark when I'm older. You know what to help you see in the dark a even even better is to have under
2: cabinet lighting. Oh in yeah, your for kitchen. sure. Under cabinet lighting LED is the way to go with that. It's so inexpensive to have on. It lasts for such a long time. You can use uh, the under cabinet lighting as your. You know your night light. You can leave it on at night when you go to bed, and it's just not costing you anything to run it practically, and it will last for such a long time. It's it's really great. I leave my under cabinet lighting on all the time.
1: Yeah, we have LED under cabinet lighting in our kitchen hooked up to a dimmer, so I can dim it way down, and I can I can see in the dark in there. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, I absolutely love it, and I love the little. Ambiance gives my kitchen my new, beautiful, wonderful remodeled
1: kitchen. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah, it is. Uh, speaking of extra lighting, though, it's always a good idea to choose lighting and install lighting in places that will reduce shadows. As Tony was talking about earlier with his father-in-law, uh, seeing uh, changes in elevations and seeing where you're going, sometimes shadows can cast very uh, confusing things. Yep. And then... You you could lose your balance. Yep. So you always want to think about installing more light than you probably need. Install a dimmer. You know th- that way if if you don't need it, you can turn it down slightly. Uh, but you want to think about putting lights on opposite sides of the walls to reduce some of that. Yeah, reduce that the- That shadow. Yeah,
2: yeah. balance your light better so that you have a light over overshadowing your shadow. So the, the other thing was- Overshadow uh, your shadow? Yeah, overshadow <laughs> your shadows. The other thing, Corey, if you haven't already done it, you need to start switching your light bulbs over to LED lights. They last longer and they cost less to operate. They're bright. They work super, super great. It's a, it's a good investment. Um, LED lighting will benefit you. I guarantee it. Yeah. The
1: last thing you want to do when you're uh, in your golden years, if it were, is to have to change light bulbs all the time.
2: Yeah, changing light bulbs is no good, especially since all the lights are on the ceiling, <laughs> where you probably have to get a step stool or a ladder to get to it. So yeah,
1: one of the things we did in our kitchen with all of our recessed lighting is install
2: LED on dimmers. And it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like that uh, I want to take another step. I want to take this preparing your home for the future one step further, because Corey and I have had some guests on the show in the past that bring a new perspective to a home that works for you less work required out of you as the homeowner and a home that works for you. Uh, We've got some friends that uh, own a business called Evolved Home. We've had them on the show before, and they inspire us to use technology to make our home work for us so that we don't have to do so much, especially as we grow older in our homes.
1: Yeah, they have a company that, uh, that specializes in what's called home automation. Imagine if you will, you walk up to the front door of your home and the light turns on. You have a key fob that unlocks your front door. I mean, these are the sorts of things that are possible with home automation. You have a car that you push a button and your car lights turn on that unlocks the door. You push another button, then the trunk pops open. The seat adjusts to the setting that you have it set for. Right. This is home automation. And as we
2: grow older... These are the sorts of things that are just going to make our lives so much easier. And we're not talking about fireflies trapped in a mason jar. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? I mean, we are talking about real live quality, top-notch stuff that you can handle in the palm of your hand.
1: Yeah, a lot of these home automation systems run through your smartphone or they run through a hub uh, that's connected to a computer or to your TV. Uh, Sometimes they even have their own, you know, remote with a screen on it that's specifically designed for that home automation system.
2: Yeah, like a little iPad or something. They hang it up on the wall.
1: Yeah, it makes it super easy. Uh, Let's go through some of the things that you can do with a home automation system. Yep,
2: absolutely. I'm going to just start with one very simple thing. Corey, I have in my home a timer and my lights in several places in my home are plugged into the timer and that timer turns the light on and off during certain times of the day that I want to have the light on. Right? So when I come home at night, I walk in the door, the light in the entryway is on, but it hasn't been on all day. It just came on. And then after an hour, two hours, three hours, it goes off. Well, you can have all of that controlled by your cell phone, the lights in the house, the lights on the front porch, the lights in the back of the house on the side of the garage, all of the lights in the house, all can be controlled by your smartphone.
1: Yeah, you can also dim them in some of the newer home automation systems. You can even change the color and the color temperature of those lights. So if you need uh, an extra bright super white light, you can change all the temperature to a super high Kelvin. So they're all super white, Uh, but then you want it a little more relaxing for dinner. You
2: can bring that color temperature down. A little mood lighting. Yeah, and have a nice amber glow to your house. Yeah. Speaking of light, it's something that you get when you first wake up in the morning, right? You can you can have your blinds on your windows set to raise in the morning when you get up and lower at night when you go to bed or when it gets dark. Yeah, and these aren't systems that you have to
1: wire in. This isn't a system that they have to come in and tear apart your whole house to
2: install. We'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, folks. When we come back, more amazing home automation. It will blow your mind. You're listening to Tony and Corey, Your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show with Tony and Corey, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to The Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about aging in place, staying in the home that you've built or that you're going to build and live in for, for the rest of your life. Yeah,
2: you're forever home.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing you have to think about these things because as you get older, uh, you're going to lose, maybe potentially you lose your eyesight. You're going to have reduced muscle mass, uh, less strength. You're going to have diminished endurance or physical and mental. A higher risk of accidents because of bone fragility. These are just things. Reduced hearing, uh, diminished mobility, decreased flexibility. So on the show today, we've been talking about ways to make your home better and easier to live in as you get older.
2: Right. So you don't feel like you need to leave in order to go find a place where you can uh, grow old gracefully, right? Instead, do, you can do that at home. There's a big movement, uh, Corey. It's a big thing. Aging in place is a is a full-on coined term, and uh, people are talking about it. It's happening a lot. 45% of homeowners, 55 and over, have said that they intend to remodel in the next three years, ready for this, Corey, in an effort to make their home easier to live in as they grow older. I mean, oh. that's this is what millions of people are talking about right now, right? They don't want to move out. They want to stay, but they want it to be comfortable. So they're making changes to their home right now to prepare for being able to grow old gracefully in their own home, in their forever home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we're talking about that. And there is technology out there. I feel like generally um, um, the age group that we're speaking to right now is probably not super tech savvy. Uh, but you might find an opportunity to be when you realize what technology can do, how it can make your life so much easier. We were talking about lighting and blinds before the break. You know, you wake up in the morning, Corey, and uh, to the blinds raising up and letting the beautiful day's sunlight in through your windows. And and you didn't have to do anything for it to happen. It just happened right when you wanted it to because you set it to happen at that moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's called home automation. And these systems are being installed
1: in homes. Uh, They're super, super smart. They essentially turn your entire house into a smart uh, smart home. Yeah. And uh, some of the things before the break we were talking about, like you said, lighting and blinds. And uh, before the break, I had said that you don't have to necessarily get your house, you know, torn up and wires run everywhere. That's not how these systems work anymore. They're all on wireless systems uh, that run on Wi-Fi. Like, for instance, your lighting. You have these light bulbs that in themselves have Wi-Fi circuitry that when you screw them in and you just leave the light on, you leave the light switch on, and then you can control them with your home automation system or your smartphone. Right. Or they have switches that you can just replace the switch that you have, plug it into the wall, and it connects to your Wi-Fi and it works just like it would uh, regularly except through your home automation system. So like you said, you come home, you walk up to your door, the lights turn on, or at a specific time they all turn on, You know, even the ones inside of your home. They even have motion switches. Like if you sit down at your favorite reading chair and you have a lamp next to that. As soon as you sit down, the lamp turns on. I mean, things like
2: this are the wave of the future. Yeah, absolutely. And they do nothing but help us. You can have a preset scenario, right? Where you wake up in the morning and you press one button on your iPad or your iPhone or whatever it is. You press one button there and it starts your coffee pot. It turns on your home audio system and plays your favorite music. Uh, It opens the shades. It maybe unlocks the front door. Um, All of these things that are things that you would normally have to go and do. And now it's happening for you automatically because you know that's what you want to happen and you set it to do that. It's literally. it's, a, it's amazing. It's boggles the mind. Yeah. Some
1: of the other things you can control in that uh, with the home automation system is your HVAC, your thermostat. They make a thermostat called the Nest that plugs in just like normal and it learns and it connects with everything and you don't have to set it anymore. It's kind of like a set it and forget it. Yeah. Whatever makes you comfortable is where it puts that temperature and it kind of knows when you're home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, like you said, coffee maker. It's pretty incredible, but they make Wi-Fi-enabled coffee makers that all you got to do is put the coffee in, you wake up in the morning, and it's good to go.
2: Yeah, it's making you It's coffee, ready, yeah. There, there's so many other things also. Things necess- not necessarily that you preset to do something, but you can monitor things in your home from your phone, even when you're not there. You can be um, across town or in another state or who knows, in another country for that matter. And uh, because you have cameras... And an intercom that is integral to your system there. If somebody comes to your door and uh, a motion sensor picks them up, they're on camera and uh, your phone alerts you that there's someone at your residence. And you can flip over on your phone to that camera and you can view the person that's standing there. And you can listen to what they have to say through the intercom there at the front door. And they would never know that you're in you can, you can literally communicate with them through your phone, through the intercom, into their ear, and tell them, hey, uh, leave the package there and uh, have a nice day. They have no idea. As far as they know, you're standing on the other side of the door. It's just literally these things are, are amazing. Um, you can control your irrigation system. You can control your vacuum cleaner. Uh, Roomba. We've got a little a little uh, robot called uh, Roomba is is an example of one that uh, you can control and it can come on and vacuum your house and then uh, go back to its little spot and park. And it's just just, the Jetsons all over again.
1: (laughs) I feel like- As soon as we get a robot made, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) However, they do make robot vacuum cleaners Mm -hmm. and even robot mops- They'd go home to their little home. You
2: have a robot vacuum cleaner. I do. Yep. It's called a Roomba. We call it Matilda. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it works great. It absolutely works. It doesn't do a really good job um, to be set for both carpet and hardwood floor, but it does a real good job on our hardwood floors. We have dark hardwood floors, so we like to keep them clean as much as possible. But another thing, Corey, your front door locks, your garage door opener, you can control all of this from your smartphone. And why wouldn't you? right? Why wouldn't you be in control of everything going on at your house all the time? Well, you think about the anxiety
1: of leaving the home and forgetting to close your garage door or lock your deadbolt or put your shades down or turn the lights off. Any number of things. All of those are connected to your smart home and you can access it from your phone and just say, oh, forgot to close that door. Oh, now I locked the front door. Oh, I
2: shut all the curtains and uh, turned off all the lights, it's super easy. If you've got a keyless entry, and your spouse has a keyless entry, right, and you have your own code, you can be in another place, and when your spouse comes home and enters their code, it will alert you and say, honey's home, and you know that because they entered their code, and they entered the house, and they're there now. Uh, You know, it's just, um, it is an opportunity to be not only hands-free, but also informed and enlightened and i just feel like that it's it's something that i feel like i want in my future home in my forever home that's what i want
1: yeah i agree it adds a level of independence that all of us need
2: when we get old that is unmatched and control and confidence and um, all of the things that you just need to be um as a homeowner and as you're getting older
1: yeah so check it out home automation our friends in milwaukee oregon uh
2: evolved Evolved home Home. it's evolved-home.com yeah check them out all right folks it's all the time we've got thank you so much for tuning in and if you are 55 or older and thinking about staying in your forever home don't give it a second thought do it make it happen set it up for yourself you'll love it Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.